Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to another episode of Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Adam Ophis, and today we're chatting with the leader of the Wild Rose Independence Party, Paul Hinman. Now remember, the election day is March 15th, but the advance vote started on Tuesday, and it's going uh, to the weekend, so you do have time to take part in that advance vote if you'd like. But to get us started here, Paul, like if you want to just, just uh, let people know if for somehow they've lived under a rock, uh, just uh, if you can introduce yourself. <laughs> well, it's Paul Hinman, the leader of the Wild Rose Independence Party of Alberta. It's great to be here. This is such a wonderful opportunity to send a message. You know, Fort McMurray is our crown jewel and it has to be protected and it's not. It's being just uh, attacked viciously from the world, from our prime minister and even here our local, or not our local, well, I call our local provincial politicians. We've got Jason Kenney and Brian Jean who want to meet the carbon net zero, which means phase out our oil sands. We got Rachel Notley and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau who want to shut them down. Uh, they've got bills that have passed, the West Coast tanker, pipeline bills. These are all vicious attacks on Fort McMurray, and this is our crown jewel, and this is ground zero against carbon net zero, and if we can't save and preserve Fort McMurray, it's a domino effect. First we lose Fort McMurray, then it's Alberta, and we become have-nots, and we don't want to do that. This is a great golden opportunity to send a message from the crown jewel of Fort McMurray to Edmonton and Ottawa and says, we're not your punching bag anymore. You can't throw us under the bus and say you're going to save the rest of the world. We know what's wrong. They know what's wrong. Stop it. And, and now, see, you had mentioned the importance of this, and you're not the, the first candidate that has mentioned that this by-election is one of the most important by-elections that possibly we've, we've ever had. It, it is. And, and why would you say that, in particular, that this one is so important? Well, it, it's changed even in the two weeks, the last two weeks, because of the war. But energy security and, and the input, like... We have such a disconnection from, from I want to say, political leaders that, that don't even know where their food or their energy comes from. And this idea that we can go electric, the grid doesn't support it. The mining that would be take to do it. They, they want to sit there and chastise us about upstream and downstream, but yet they won't look past one day of beautiful, pristine day where the sun's shining and the wind's got a nice breeze and saying, look at how wonderful wind and solar energy is. But if you take the last day of our year, December 31st, um, we were using about 3,000 megawatts of power at, at high noon. 75 of those were being produced by solar panel and wind. Th these people have no idea. Medical, you know, over 70% of our equipment comes from the petrochemical industry. These people, for whatever virtue signaling, self-acknowledgement, want to shut us down at our detriment, and we've got to send a very clear, very loud message that, you know, we have the energy, we are the energy, we have a world-class operation going here, we don't need to apologize to anybody. We have labor laws, we have environmental regulations that are second to none. Can we do better? Sure. Are we trying? Absolutely. So let's have a robust energy here. we got a trillion dollars worth of assets. Let's protect them. Alberta has, like, we have our legacy parties, and Alberta is known for 
especially you know central and northern Alberta is very particular on on where their votes go. So what would you say to people who who are worried about well I don't want them to get in or I don't want them to get in, so I have to put my vote here. I don't want to <laughs> split the vote up. So what uh, do you say to those people that that are worried about? Well, that? first of all, let let's start a new legacy. Let let's start this is day one of the new direction. Uh, this is a by-election, so actually you don't need to worry about that at all. Uh, the fact of the matter is whoever gets elected here doesn't change the dynamics of the legacy parties in the legislature. Elect Paul Hinman, elect the Wild Rose, that is a game changer. Uh, that sends a message. We actually start to protect it, so don't waste your vote. Uh, make it count. Send a message, send Paul Hinman, and uh, they won't regret it. And and some people have seen um, uh, other candidates worried that they're focused. Uh, their focus is elsewhere. So where is the Wild Rose parties and and well and and Paul Hinman's uh, priorities when it comes to Fort McMurray and Lac La Biche? This is ground zero against carbon net zero. We we have got to focus. We've got to win this, and we've got to stand and and be the actual symbol to the province of we're doing the right thing. We're we're nothing to be ashamed of. Yet that's what the NDP and the UCP and the liberals, federal liberals, want to do. Like we're the bad guys. We're the problem on the block. And no, we're focused to save Fort McMurray. And there isn't a better place. I couldn't be prouder to represent Fort McMurray. The oil sands, the forestry, the agriculture agriculture, everything that's up here, um, just excited to represent and to just blast that out to the world. We're the beacon of freedom. We're the beacon of prosperity. Look to us to see a future. And just, to, you know, we're going to keep on the oil and gas train. And because, I mean, this <laughs> the, the, this is Fort McMurray. This the, is, but it's it, not just Fort McMurray. Look at the world. Look at the crisis in Europe. You know, back when Stelmac was in, we had five companies that wanted to build upgraders here. And he says, oh, no, no, that's too many. We had three companies that wanted to put LNG out on the West Coast. Oh, no, that's too many. Like, like the, these, are, these are nothing but pure hypocrites. And they're trying to shut us down. Why? Because of the bastion of freedom and prosperity. They want us to be dependent on big government. And even with the crisis out um, in Europe, they're not saying, you know what? Biden isn't standing up and saying, oh, we need the Keystone XL. No, he's making deals with Saudi Arabia that chop heads off of people. He's making deals with Venezuela that gone from the most prosperous country in South America to the most devastated. These guys are such hypocrites, either that or they're just pure evil and hate us and want to see us be ruined but you know trudeau hasn't announced since to quebec you know what you don't have the authority to stop energy east we need that energy security is paramount and our leaders are failing us even our local provincial leaders have absolutely failed us we have to win this if we want to see a future for our children and grandchildren yeah because uh, what some people might not think about is uh, like you like you mentioned these these behind the things i think you even said earlier about where where their food comes from oh. i mean because it does have to get from point a to point b it's not just filling how, up the suv how, or the how, truck how you grow it the fertilizer our own prime minister says we want to reduce fertilizer by one third and yet he has the the arrogance to say he's worried about feeding the poor in the world and he wants to reduce our our fertilizer sorry uh, our basic inputs in, in in industry in agriculture it's energy and we're taxing all of that wild rose government zero tax on carbon zero what would that do to every person from wanting to drive your kids to take extracurricular activities to heating your home to cooking your meals your hot water um, energy is our, our basic essential input it has to be protected and we want people to be able to enjoy the benefits of it not tax it and restrict it and hurt people and they're just open them up to the possibility of what cheap energy does for the world 
We're just going to take our first break here in Fort McMurray Matters, Paul. But when we come back, we're going to continue chatting with uh, Wild Rose candidate here for the Fort McMurray Laclabish by-election, Paul Hinman. We'll be back right after this. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Adam Ophis, and today we're talking with Wild Rose Party candidate Paul Hinman for the Fort McMurray Lacklebish by-election. The advance polls are open right now, and the actual election day is March 15th. You can go to vote at the Shell Place, the Grand Ballroom, from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. from Tuesday till Saturday for the advanced vote. Uh, now, Paul, I did want to ask you, because we've been talking a lot about oil and gas. Now, the thing is, it looks like climate change is, is, it, it is here to stay, and people want, are concerned about it, and, and the governments around the world are concerned about it. But we are built on oil and gas here in Alberta, especially Fort McMurray. So can climate change and oil and gas industry coexist? Absolutely. I, I mean, you look at Keep Hill 3 and, and the technology that we've shared around the world, even, even you know, there, uh, and, and gas. I mean, that, that is the solution, is natural gas, and to use the upgrade. But all of those things, we have a good balance. We're doing a good job. And for them to want to shut us down when the rest of the world is moving forward, you know that's attack on freedom and prosperity. They don't want us to be successful. They don't want us to be a beacon to the world. And yes, this is the turning point. There's always a tipping point, Adam, and everything when there's a change, Fort McMurray, it can be the legacy. This can be the tipping point where we're going to start echoing to the world the, the benefits of hydrocarbons and the blessing it is to humanity because it really is. You want to look at countries where they're poor, where they can't get ahead. They have no fertilizer. They have no energy. They, they don't have anything that we need. We can provide that. If Alberta cared about these areas, what we would be doing is shipping refillable propane bottles and propane and fertilizer to these countries that we want to help. And instead, they want to shut us down. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Then I wanted to also say, like, as you had mentioned before, that you you felt like, yes, the, the climate change and everything that is coming, it's just some of the the world seems to want it too soon. It's not the world. We, we, we have corrupt leaders who want to virtue signal, who want to force it down and hurt people. That, that's what they're doing. What they want is control. Everything that we see from government is about control of our lives. For us begging government, you know, acting like it's, it's the, the one that we have to turn to for support and sustenance and we can't do it without them. They're looking for control. They're not looking for us to have the ability to flourish. And, and again, climate change is real. Don't get me wrong, but their, their solutions are ridiculous. We, we, we are providing the answers here in Alberta and will continue to. And to kind of kind of segue kind of off here, and that is it, like COVID in the last two years really put a spotlight on on the healthcare in Alberta and the healthcare, well, especially well right here in Fort McMurray oh, and yeah. and you know in EMS and everything like that is such a struggle. And is there anything like because this needs to be talked about a lot because a lot of people it's one of those things that you hope to never need it, but when you need it, you need it now. Yep. So what does the, the Wild Rose Party, how, how are a, they going to help? A, a, another great example, you know, since I was 14, my grandfather started tutoring me and saying, what's the proper role of government? And I have spent, you know, almost the last 45 plus years looking at solutions and how to fix things. And one of the things that I learned very early on in life is that centralized government doesn't work. 
You need the funding to follow the service. Wild Rose has the answer to fix healthcare. We got to turn it upside down. You know, if funding was following the service, we need the service here. Your hospital administrators say, we need more nurses. We need more beds. We got to meet the needs of our people. Just like a businessman, they expand and they're getting paid by Alberta Health for providing those services. They want to choke us off. They want us to go to Edmonton to get services. It's wrong. Global funding is wrong. Right now, you get a hospital administrator who gets a billion dollars and then he tries to allocate it and say, okay, we can have so many days of this, so many days of this surgery, so much time of this, and they break it down. Who in business does those kind of ridiculous things? It's what's the needs, what's the services, and you let it grow. And if the funding's following the services and you get paid because you provide an x-ray, because you do appendicitis operation, because you do something, you're providing a service and you're managing it and you say, wow, you know, we need more beds in ICU. You get paid for those beds and you provide it. The whole system is to choke and destroy and it's just... It's it's disgusting to see what our federal and provincial governments have done with COVID and how many people have been hurt and they spent billions of dollars, but do we have more frontline nurses? Do we have more ICU beds? Do we have, you know, uh, the, the trials, the field trials going out and looking to see what are the possibilities? No, none of that was done. It was a pure agenda of shutdown. We know what's best for you. If you speak out, we'll take doctors license away. They're trying to treat people. It was horrendous what they've done for the last two years. We, we need to turn around but boy we can have a robust hospital here and doctors will come that's the other thing that these hypocrites in central big sitting in their ivory towers say oh no doctor would want to live there um, I, I've seen that time and time again we'll have people that will grow up here that love Fort McMurray that want to come back and be a doctor here they'll come back if they get paid to be here and under the global system they don't get paid they can't come back just to kind of keep with the health care and like the rulings and everything the last two years and, and that is like I, I've seen posts, but I'll let you explain it, of uh, you know, thoughts on the, the mandates that were put in place and the mandates that some of them that are still being in place, especially, you know, and travel as well and on health care. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, that's probably the saddest part of all of this is that Alberta, you know, we had Lieutenant Colonel David Redman, who, who was the actual head of emergency response for Alberta, and, and that was all thrown out. And there's pillars on what you do in emergency and you protect the vulnerable and those who are needing it. But this was fear, fear mongering at its highest level, saying everybody was at risk when, when we knew very early on that it wasn't. It was seniors. It was people with compromised immunity. It was people that had um, two or three comorbidities. It was wrong what government did. We figured that out within a month and they should have started protecting those facilities. And again, our, our emergency planning had the answers. And I, I could go into that, but that's four episodes in itself on how to respond. But, but for government to, to viciously attack businesses and say, you're closed, you're open, you're not, you, you do this, was wrong. And again, Israel, who's been, I, I guess I want to say in many ways, leading their, their top, I don't know what you want to call a coordinator, said his biggest regret that he had was that they brought the children into this. We never should have brought the children in. They were never at risk with coronavirus, but yet we did. And then it was wrong. And the impact that we're having, and, and it's just it's sad, the, the, the repercussions. And again, Dr. Joffrey um, in Edmonton has put out a report, and, and the, the collateral damage of what the government has done is 10 times worse than what the virus itself would have done. They handled it wrong. They put up a narrative. Anybody who spoke out against that narrative, they, they came down like a police state on them, and it was wrong. You had mentioned the children as well and the way it's affected them, and adults, whether you you got it, you oh. didn't get it, or how it affected you business. And that is, 
um, like they're already showing uh, the issues of mental health, whether it is severe cases that someone's struggling with mental health, or maybe you're just completely fried and burnt out. Um, like how, like, because by the time, you know, if you were to get voted in, you're inheriting this uh, this broken down and just mentally exhausted area. So how would how do you address but, that? By, by actually putting out the numbers and the facts and being truthful with the people so that they have hope, they realize that, oh, this isn't so bad. I mean, it's so easy to play on people's fear and to, to say, oh, this many are dying and this is happening and, and taking everything else off the plate. But there's so much optimism on the other side. You know, they, they don't talk about... You know, if we have 60 people a day die in Alberta, why is it they'll only focus on, on the 14 or the two that die with COVID and not the other ones? It's just, you know, we had a death here a while back in the oil sands uh, driving accident. Big news. But I, I personally have met a mother, 32-year-old son, engineer, great life, everything went wonderful. First of December, he shot himself, Adam. Why? Because he didn't want to get the injection. And he says, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And the mother didn't realize it. But he, he was adamant he wasn't going to take it. And he shot himself. Did that hit the news? It didn't. Why? And there's so many. I've met four mothers personally that their sons took their life because of COVID and the reactions and what it was doing to them. We don't talk about those, Adam. We only talk about the narrative of scaring people to stay home, don't participate. We don't talk about natural immunity. We don't do any tests to let people know that, you know, look, you've, you've got T-cells, you've got antigens, you're okay. There's nothing to give people security. Everything this government has done has been to create and instill more fear in the people. We need to change the tune on that. There's lots of optimism here. There's lots of treatments or around the world that have proved to be very effective. It's not allowed out there. We need to change that and we will change that. So with the, the well, the, with the mental health issues that again, like you're, yeah, like you are inheriting now with these issues that have happened, this, the, the fear mongering, as you said, um, how, like, how do we, how do we help now? Like at by, the point by, now by, that the By having the funding follow the service. The, there's a huge need, but what have they done? They've allocated so many dollars. And, and it's wrong. We, we have to meet the needs, and we can do that. Uh, again, how many do we have at head at AHS that if this, that was chopped off and redirected to mental health, it would be a huge step in the right direction. We have managers who are managing managers that manage the managers. There's at least three levels. I've talked to people. There's seven levels of management. You don't need that. If you have a local hospital administrator and you have the, the people there working, we, we can and do understand. And the most important thing, about a diversified healthcare where you have regional areas is, is that the innovation it's amazing that's how that's how human beings just leapfrog ahead is because somebody says wow I've seen this and they're allowed to try it they go to the local administrator says look this is going on that looks great let's try it but do you know what process it takes to go through to get Alberta Health Services to make out a, a simple little risk. I remember years ago uh, talking to a doctor that brought up laser treatment for varicose veins I still don't know. I should go back and talk to him whether AHS has, has recognized that yet. And yet they'll go through a person that has serious varicose veins problems and, and it's a six-week operation and time out there. Laser treatment, people walk into the office, get treated and leave. But Alberta Health Services wouldn't recognize that. It's ridiculous, Adam, what central government does and people who want to stay in control. They, they, they choke off any innovation, any new ideas. 
it's about launching the freedom and opportunity and we can and we will do it we, we can bounce back so fast and again Fort McMurray has you look at the fire how devastating that is and yet what we how robust it is is it back to where we were I don't know we still have lots of open lots and things and people that are struggling you look at the flood we come back but people bounce back but give them the chance and this government won't do it they won't do it with COVID it's the fear mongering that just goes on and on when we could be talking about the hope and the success other places in the world are having with treatment come in and get a test and know that you have the natural immunity they still won't discuss it it's wrong adam we're just going to take our last break here in fort mcmurray manners but when we get back we're going to continue chatting with wild rose candidate leader paul hinman We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Adam Ophis, and today we're talking with Wild Rose candidate Paul Henman for the Fort McMurray-Lanclebish by-election. The advanced polls are now open, and election day is March 15th. Get out there and vote if you want to have your say. Now, Paul, I want to talk about something that you had said earlier, and I guess you've said it a few times, a very bold statement that you want to allow the voters to fire you. I've been so passionate on that for so long, Adam. You know, who anywhere in this world, you show me someone who would hire somebody on, on what little we know even the people, you know, I, I've campaigned, I've knocked on thousands of doors since the 28th of November. I've been up here pounding on doors, talking to people. But, but nobody has spent, probably one or two people have spent 15 minutes with me. Most people, it's two minutes or less. And then they have to make a decision. And to say that you're going to make a decision and you're stuck with that for four years? Are you kidding me? We need accountability through recall. If they're mad and upset with Paul Hinman, you can fire me. If 20,000 people vote in this by-election, 10,001 signatures, I'm gone. We could have done something with Rachel Notley and all of her ridiculous NDPs if, in fact, the PC government would have passed my recall legislation in 2008. They wouldn't do it. And they were offered again in 2012, 2013. And Jason Kenney, again, has failed us. He doesn't have a recall legislation. It's a facade. It's a joke. We need to be able to fire them. And the day after, when they've come out with all of a sudden all of these harebrained ideas that they didn't share about and say oh you have a hidden agenda that's why you need recall if there's one thing about cleaning up government is give the people the ability to do something to fire people the cynicism the skepticism that is the the animosity towards government is because there's nothing you can do there's nothing more frustrating to human beings than knowing a problem seeing a problem but told you can't do anything about it wait and do something in three years from now it's wrong we need accountability we need transparency fire elected representatives. Uh, now, are you planning to kind of lead the way and say, okay, I, I'm standing by this. Are you going to try to push it for, for the the rest of the oh, those, government those, as those, well? Those arrogant people have already said that they won't do it, but Paul Hinman and the Wild Rose, we absolutely stand it and we don't need legislation to keep our word on that. It's simple. You just go out there. That's my contract with Fort McMurray, Lac Labiche. 50% plus one of the total voters, you can fire me. That's a, definitely a bold step for sure. Very. Well, it's an honest step. Yeah. If people don't want you, why? It's just wrong, Adam. It's, it's one of our, to me, it's one of the pillars of problems that we have in government. 
when, when human beings realize there's nothing they can do, we don't put effort or try to do something until the frustration becomes so bad. Look at Convoy 2022. How bad did the frustration have to get? And yet we saw millions of Canadians come out to support them saying, we, we support you. We realize what the government is doing to you is wrong. We're there for you. And yet the government just doubled down and went to an emergency act, which again, to me, is just unacceptable be able to fire them, collect the signatures, fire those useless individuals that are hurting us. And kind of speaking of truckers and kind of going on to just transportation in general, speaking here, because we are in Fort McMurray right now, and, and Fort McMurray is kind of like its own little island. We are. <laughs> and it really is. And and so, like, there has been, it seems, attempts to try to better connect Fort McMurray to the rest of the province and, you know, and Saskatchewan as well. Like, is there any steps there you're hoping to take to help push that along? You, you know, that's an excellent question. The, the first step that would help the most is reducing the carbon tax so that the transportation doesn't cost so much. Do we need a road to Grand Prairie? Do we need one to Saskatchewan? Possibly. And again, go- government always wants to have such opulent, big, over-the-top uh, roads and everything else. You know, if we need an escape road, uh, we, we can build those ones very easily, uh, a good gravel road. You know, I'm trying to think of the, the place down south where, uh, oh, I'm embarrassed, I can't remember the name. But, but you know, industry builds these good gravel roads that get us out, and, and we can build a one-way bridge to, to get out of here for an emergency um, exit bridge, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. But if you've got to build a, a, a four-lane highway and everything else, no, it, it's not acceptable. But no, we'll, we'll look at that. And again, it goes back, Adam, everything in life, cost-benefit analysis. There's always benefits. There's always costs. And then you balance them out and say, oh, wow, we need this. We're going to do it. Um, it's, it's just plain, simple, common sense to approach instead of the, these just got to be huge, over-the-top, opulent uh, processes. Uh, that, that isn't what we necessarily need. We, d- we need it effective and, and prudent in many times. And and earlier as well, you had mentioned, uh, you know, just students and the the children of the province, and that is whether it was the curriculum that was trying to get pushed through the the masks, whether or not the kids should be wearing them or not in schools. Um, like there was a lot of talk of like how the children are being treated and how they're going through schooling. Like wh- what does the Wild Rose have to say about you know any of these topics along? Well, that? the, the fear mongering is wrong. I, I mean, I, I've met grandparents who their grandchildren won't come and visit them anymore because they're paranoid that they are going to kill them. That, that's, the, that, that's where we've got to, and it's wrong. Um, coronavirus, uh, does it affect children? I think maybe we've had one death in two years of a child under 18, and I think that it had some comorbidity issues. Um, government needs to share and talk about those things. And, and again, it just goes back to, to the fear-mongering versus the hope and the promise of, of we're, we're gonna do what we can. And for whatever reason, the you know, Premier Kenny, Rachel Notley, want, want to scare everybody to isolation. Why? It, it's not good on our mental health, just that alone. But, but when you have kids and that you know they, they can't go out for kindergarten, they can't leave their desk, everything that we were doing was wrong and they weren't at risk. They, they just weren't. And again, because we kept postponing it and not allowing that herd immunity like we have every other year with the flu when it came out, um, I think that we're actually, uh, what would I say, reducing our, our natural immunities because of this isolation, which then creates a, a bigger possible problem down the, down the road. We just need to be natural human beings allowed to, to, to socialize the way we do and 
Humanity has done a great job going forward. I have a lot of faith in our, our, our immune system and what we have, and we need to let it work. Uh, if we say we can't go out, if we have to sit there and we can't go work for 30 days, what do our muscles do? What do our hands do? Everything gets soft. We need to be able to carry on a normal life. Now, Paul, we were just actually kind of like briefly even talking beforehand here, and there was something that you had mentioned which was very interesting, and that was this by-election about you know, being kind of special, that it was kind of like a free trial. It is, Adam. Like, like this is an opportunity to, to send a message and, and have a free trial. You have nothing to lose and very much to gain. And, and how often in life, and especially in election, do you actually get the opportunity to try something new with very little risk? And again, to vote for the Wild Rose, to, to vote for Paul Hinman, it's a, it's a free trial. In one year, the, the provincial election's up there again, and uh, why not try something new? This, this is that golden opportunity, free trial. Please take advantage of it. And let's send a message to, to save our oil and gas industry, to save Fort McMurray, and save Alberta. Together, we can and we will do it. Well, um, to actually leave us on here, I'm going to leave it to you to kind of uh, end us off here, Paul. And if there's anything we missed or anything you want to let out or anything you want to say to voters, because they can right now go out and uh, take part in the advanced vote. So is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Well, first, thank you very much. It's been it's just been great to be here to, to, to engage with the people day in and day out and to be able to share that message of there, there is a future there is freedom down the road if we choose it it's their job to go out and vote vote don't waste your vote make your vote count send a message that, that we are going to protect our oil and gas industry here in Fort Mac we are going to protect Alberta and we are going to vote for a new change in direction uh, the legacy parties have failed us that the deficit spending that they have done the overtaxation, the overregulation mandates are wrong, and this is an opportunity to send a message, a loud no to Edmonton and a no to Ottawa. So I ask you, please get out, please vote. Uh, this is a great opportunity. Don't miss it. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Paul, and uh, good luck on March 15th. And thanks for having me, Adam, and thank you, Fort McMurray, Lac Labiche. Let's send a message. Let's do it. Big thanks again to Wild Rose candidate Paul Hanman for joining us today. Just remember that the Fort McMurray-Lanclavish by-election advance polls are open. You can get out there to vote. They're going to be open until March 12th. That's this Saturday, and an actual election day is March 15th. And that night is when we're going to find out who it is that is going to be representing this area. Thank you for joining us. That's all the time we have for today. If you missed it and you want to hear more, you can head to our website, mix1037fm.com for more podcasts for you to listen to. I'm Adam Ophis. I will chat with you again tomorrow. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at mix1037fm.com. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.